Okay, so it's Wednesday. Uh, and so because it's Wednesday, we have Luke O'Neill Sanders on the podcast today. Luke, uh, before we get to start, how's your week? How's your day? Good. It's a good day? That's awesome. Um, and so this is the time that we would be, like, approaching spring football. We would be approaching the summer. And I think one of, what's one of the favorite things that you like to do in the summer? Football camp. Football so, camp. The youth football camp, right? So I tell me. I'm missing football camp because I'm missing like Joseph and. And your other friends that go to the, the yeah. youth camp that we do. Now, did you do the youth camp stuff last year, buddy? Yes. Wait, how old were you last summer? Four. Five. <laughs> you were five last summer. <laughs> you were five. I, was like, I thought you just turned six. So, you, how many years have you been going to the youth camp? Uh, he's, I mean, he's been in some regard every year. Um, but he, like, did everything last year as a five-year-old. He, like, went to all the stations. And Do you remember some of the stations that you did, buddy? Like, tackling the... Tackle, what, do you, how did the how, what did you do there? Like... It would tell me when to run, and like I would run and go get it. Mm-hmm. And you'd tackle the big wheel that we would roll down the field. That's a so fun you're doing. Any of the quarterback stuff. That. What kind of quarterback stuff would you do? Uh, like the base bat throw. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Coach Pete runs a lacrosse camp too. What do you think about that? I do. What day? It's we did it. Uh, we did it in July. I'm gonna try to get it moved up to June at some point. Uh, we did a lot of tag last year because the kids, at, especially on the the later in the the day when the kids were just tired, and I was just like, "What do you guys want to do?" And we played a lot of tag. I played a new version of tag I've never played before. Quite exhausting. Um, I was very tired, but it's a fun camp. Man, we had a lot of kids out there last year. I fully expect to see you there in the coming years probably need to wait till like second grade realistically just so you can like hold the stick and your hand-eye coordination is 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 good but second grade luke sanders is there okay we can make that happen i feel i feel like life might be semi back to normal by that point well well, let's hope so um now look did you have like a coach did you have a player that was your person that you camp? Like Rodney. Rodney was there. Who else was there? Rodney Bonilla. Shout out Rodney Bonilla. Yep, he is. Uh, is I'm not shocked by that. Ashton. Yeah. Ashton Locker. You know, Ashton plays lacrosse too. Oh. Now, what he's very. Yeah. He's very good at lacrosse too. He's very good. He should be. Uh, you like trying to go through and like tackle my guys when we're doing that kind of stuff? Who else worked at the youth camp? Do you remember, do you remember who did the tackling station? Was that Nate and Justin? Yeah, you got to use your words. You can't just nod your head. Yes. <laughs> Nate and Justin. Basically, you're big brothers. You're adopted brothers. That's basically. Uh, do we miss those guys right now? Yes. Yeah. What do you know? What did they did they used to come over to the house and stuff? Yes. And what would they do when they came over here? Like play poker and darts. Would I've been there, all the poker? Yeah, you gotta teach them all the important things. So, are you gonna go to any of the Navy football games when Justin's at the Naval Academy? Are we gonna go watch Justin. Do you want to go watch Justin play? Sure. Yeah. Against one year 
against Notre Dame. Right. Well, that would be the big ticket if we could get Notre Dame. For sure. I mean, I gotta feel like they play each other probably. I mean, every year. Do they play each other every year? Yeah. Oh, see, that it just makes. I was wondering why. I was like, I feel like that happens, like Navy and Notre Dame. It just sort of makes sense in my mind. Um, but you know, it didn't bother me. It's just a rivalry. It's almost like a rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is Navy one of your new favorite teams? Who else is your favorite team? Air Force is going to be one too? Good. Because Zach will be there. And Zach's there. Because Navy plays Air Force. They do. Navy does play Air Force. The Commander in Chief Trophy. Yeah. You know, one of my one of my lacrosse players is going to the to the army. Is going army. He's going to West Point, which is the academy for army for army. Basically, what Justin's doing, except the army instead of the navy. It's pretty cool. Right. So between them and Zach and then Grace is at Air Force too. We got all three covered. Yeah, we just need someone at the Coast Guard. Right. Yeah. Maybe that could be you. What do you think? You want to go to the Coast Guard Academy? <laughs> I mean, I knew a kid in high school who went to Coast Guard. He had a lot of fun. He's now a SEAL. That's pretty cool. All right, is there anything else you want to tell everybody, Chad? Bye, listeners. Bye, listeners. <laughs> All right, so a big day yesterday. Everybody had the – they were a part of the first AP exam on a – Big scale, because whatever it was in the morning, not exactly what we'd call a big test. Uh, no. So you guys made history yesterday going through and taking your exam. Uh, do we want to talk about that exam at all or kind of work through what yeah. we do, Coach? Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit. I mean, understand that we really can't talk about it too much. Uh, we'll talk about the questions and, and review some of the topics when we get that information. One of the things that we do want to know, um, and we'll sort of post something on Google Classroom, is that we kind of just want to know who's going to do the retake. Uh, actually, we're going to post a Google form um, asking you, did you take the exam? Did you not take the exam? Are you planning to do the retake? Uh, now, the expectations from Coach Sanders and I are that you, everyone's taking the exam. Like that, those are the expectations. Um, we, so if you're not taking the exam for whatever reason, like you need to contact us. Like we right, want to Cause we why. can't see it anymore. Like usually if we yeah. give the exam, we get a roster, yada, yada. But the way it's working right now, like, we have no idea. And that's why we haven't been able to give you guys tons of individual guidance or like, if this doesn't work, we don't have a master login that we can go in and fix it for you. Yeah, which I think is if they ever have to do this again, I think that's going to drastically change because based off of a lot of the feedback I've seen from the AP Gov teachers from the online forum is like that's a very frustrating part that they just want to have that data so they can contact students. Um, but hey, like we're both very proud of you guys. I mean, this has not been the easiest semester. I mean, I've said it early on this podcast that you guys did all the hard stuff with AP Gov and you didn't get to do any of the fun stuff. Um, and there's, you know, there's, I think I mean I don't I don't want to say this this type of exam like you didn't have that feeling of like relief and like happiness when you like after you're done taking it but I think it's it's probably different because I know a lot of students last year after they were done taking it they're like there's a huge sigh of relief like they're done they're done in the class um, and you guys kind of missed out on that because it's a little different um, 
And so we're proud of you. We're, we hope you guys did well. We don't know that much information. Like, they haven't really told us a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of questions we won't be able to answer. Luckily enough, uh, Coach Sanders is a reader. So your job got a lot easier for the reading parts. I hope I can read them now. Like, I cannot express to you how bad some kid's handwriting is. And, and, I, and that I, I even, like, sent up to my table leader and, like, I can't, I can't read this. Yeah, so, and so no, with Sanders, fun. with Sanders being a reader, like we'll be able to know a lot more of the information, and when we get that type of information, we'll then let you guys know. But uh, the other thing that sort of just remembers, remember, is that you don't get this until like July. I think that's still the date. I think mm-hmm. we're still doing it in July. Um, and realize that like how fortunate you guys were is that you know there were a lot like kids in California were taking this at you know in the afternoon, kids early afternoon kids in international schools were taking it at like four o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, depending on where they were. Um, according to a lot of the AP gov teachers who like teach in like Asia or Europe, like they're taking it at these different times. Um, so you guys are fortunate that you only had to take yours at four o'clock in the afternoon and not any earlier or any later. Um, if you have any like kind of questions that like we may be able to answer, feel free to reach out. Um, but at this point, like you're, you're done with AP Gov, kind of, you finish the test. We'll have a couple of things that we're going to have you guys do, um, that we want you guys to do just to close out and wrap up this year. Um, but we're, you guys are done, um, with the hard stuff. I mean, that's what it is. Everything, there's anything that we do from now on to the end of the year will not be hard. Everything now is icing, if you will. You've had the main course. You've even had most of your cake and everything now is really just the icing on top. So maybe yeah. we even do one on, like, your favorite government official, like your favorite person in government, because I think I know who my guy would be right now. You want to take a stab yeah. at who my favorite guy in government would be? I think you have a T-shirt. I do have a T-shirt, so I did. You know, I figured out who sent it to me, too. Who sent it to you? It's Amy from the library. No. Yeah. How awesome. That's awesome. That's it's, awesome. Oh, man. She texted me. And I was like, get out of town. Like, I didn't even put the things together. I Absolutely made my day. So I got my Fauci squad shirt, if you didn't see it on Twitter. Uh, Wore it around the neighborhood. Tons of compliments just walking back and forth to the basketball court. Uh, Apparently plenty of neighbors here in Scotts Mill also wish they were on the Fauci squad. Um, (laughs) But my man Fauci got a little bit of flack yesterday. Oh, he did. He did. So the Senate is having hearings again. uh, But the trick, well, one, President Trump said that Fauci could testify before the Senate hearing or a senate committee not a house committee which would be republican controlled instead of democratically controlled yeah um but lamar alexander the chair of the committee wasn't there in person he did it virtually from his home in tennessee because a majority of them weren't there in person i think i think the the man that we're about to talk about was really the only one in the room yeah uh apparently it was a very very eerie feeling because fauci wasn't there alexander wasn't there Uh, And so Fauci, like several other White House officials, is in the middle of self-quarantining himself um, just to make sure that there is no further spread Mm -hmm. of this nasty virus. Um, And so they went after Fauci a little bit. He kind of, and Rand Paul, who is a a doctor, um, but is a very almost libertarian-esque Republican from Kentucky, kind of came through and said that, like, who made you the end-all voice in all this? Um, and just was very kind of attacking against Fauci. 
Yeah, I think, you know, Rand Paul basically went to Fauci and said, I don't understand why you get to be the main person who gets to decide what we do and what we don't do. Um, and I honestly, I thought Fauci had a really good response. And you can tell that he's really seasoned at this. And he's like, listen, I don't, I've ever, I've never claimed to be that guy. I've never claimed to be the person that can, that answers all the questions. Um, I, <laughs> I, Wrigley also would like to coach Hagelman's dog. Uh, it's also a very vocal defender of Dr. Anthony Fauci as well, as you can tell. Um, yeah. So I think that's really important that not only us as teachers, but the canines are also stepping in to really make sure that they can defend this great man. Because uh, as Fauci said, I think we've got to be careful and we're not cavalier in thinking that we're immune from these disastrous effects. I think that's the main thing that we've got to look towards there. All right, so not only has Fauci been able to handle all these things, it looks like you've been able to find another Fauci friend, another someone that would like to be on the Fauci squad. Yes, my, uh, my sister and coach, who's been, uh, been on this podcast before, George, uh, is over. I uh, brought his dog over uh, to hang out. Uh, and so he is also a Fauci fan. Yeah, that's fine. It's, I have a yard for a reason. It's just true. Oh, look at this. This is, this is this is a good friend. But he's a, you're also a Fauci fan. What do you like about Fauci? Um, everything. He is the cool-headed. Uh, <laughs> All right. So this is possibly like the worst podcast we're gonna have, but that's fine. Uh, currently, there's three dogs over at my house. My neighbor's dog jumped over the fence to play with my dog. Uh, George, who joined us for about 30 seconds, now has to do his own office hours because he's a middle school teacher. Uh, so this podcast is probably not going to be very good, but there's still a lot of key information that I want to get. Is And my question is that we talked about that Fauci was on the Senate. Why is Fauci, like, generally curious, why is Fauci even talking to the Senate? Why would he want to do that? Uh, well, uh, any government official official can get called before a Senate or a House subcommittee hearing, uh, and that's an important part of like Congress's role as oversight. Uh, and so, several members of Congress, especially the Republican-controlled Senate, want to help restart and reopen the economy, uh, which mm. most people would agree is a very, very important goal. Um, yeah. The economy does need to reopen it, but the question, just like with anything in life, is not what your goal is, but how you go about it. Uh, and then how we go about that as a country is going to vary greatly on a state-to-state -state level. Uh, but then you need experts like Dr. Fauci to come in and give guidance. Uh, and so to criticize, like, who made you the end-all, be-all as a member of the Fauci squad, uh, I kind of think it fits to that, because yeah, he's been I in mean, that job since 1984, and he is, like you said, he has never once tried to get in the limelight. He has never once tried to have the attention focused on him. He's just tried to help disseminate information in the best way possible to all sorts of different people, whether that be going on a barstool podcast or just a variety of different mediums that he has used to try to get the proper information out. I still think that's just crazy, because that was, I feel so long ago that he was on it. Cause I honestly think that was like one of his first like podcasts when this whole thing started that like he was on and like, it was just, and it was such a, it's such an interesting podcast that does that, it's, it's not made a big enough deal that he was on there first. Um, but 
I just think it's really interesting. And we talked about like the economy and what's going to go, go on with unemployment and all this stuff. Um, you know, unemployment hit what, 25, 26 million? Right. So, yes, unemployment's over 20 million people. And really, the number really starts to vary. And so, you've, I've, I've kind of gone down a little bit of a, a wormhole myself here in regards to unemployment. So, I think most people realize that unemployment started around the Great Depression. 1934, 1935 was one of those things that FDR put into place to try to help those that needed help in the middle of there. Uh, I mean, it was the Great Depression. Millions and millions of people have, were losing jobs. Uh, and yeah. so right now, unemployment is at 14.7%, uh, which has topped all great recession numbers, which most people will semi-remember. That's 2008-ish. Um, and we're at the highest levels ever since uh, the Great Depression. Now, some people have come out and said the actual number is not 14.7, but the real number of unemployment is actually over 20%. Um, and so I think that's kind of a, a big thing to realize, like, how these numbers have changed. Um, so, I mean, that's over 20 million people filed for unemployment just in April. Um, now, what, what, now, what is unemployment, too, I think is important, that it is like a state-by-state -state thing that the federal government then works with. No, go ahead. Do you think that unemployment went up oh, so much just because that extra 600 bucks a week that they're being added to it? Okay, so... No, go no. I, feel free to elaborate on that because I think I mean, that is is making it a it's a whole different ball game. I think I mean my my wife's side of the family is from I wouldn't say rural Wisconsin, but the Green Bay area of Wisconsin. Hardworking individuals, factory factory workers, warehouse workers type family, farmers, uh, like that is like they are rural American jobs. Like they are like you know uh, Pulaski, Wisconsin makes yachts. Like that is what they make right. for marquee yachts. And that plant shut down because of all this. So when the plant shuts down, everybody in Pulaski loses their job. Right. There's only there's only about four or five other businesses that people could go to that's not like a McDonald's or like a Walmart or like retail. Like there's only so many factory jobs out there. And people were frustrated, and my sister-in-law especially is extremely frustrated because right now people who are unemployment are making a lot of times more money than what she is making in a week. No, for sure. So to, to, without using any specifics, there's a friend of ours that runs a company, uh, and she temporarily laid off everybody when this whole thing started because like, there was just no way for their business to keep going forward, just like lots of people's. Uh, and she said, look, I'm going to like lay everybody off, and then as soon as this thing's over, I'll rehire you so you can get unemployment benefits in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, and she's going to retire. She's not going to open back up because all of her employees for right now are like, no, I'm good getting $950 a week. Uh, that's better than what I was doing before. Um, now, the trick is unemployment benefits, yes, are important to be used in this kind of time period, but they are a temporary stopgap. Uh, yeah. At least that's what they're supposed to be used for. Uh, and so just to kind of give everybody some numbers as well, most of the country, you get 26 weeks. You get half a year of unemployment. Uh, which is way more than it was when it got started in the 1930s. North Carolina, though, is on the bottom end of that spectrum. North Carolina taps out at 12 weeks. You can only draw unemployment for 12 weeks. But what was part of the CARES Act is it did two things. One, it added the $600 a week, uh, but it also added an extra 13 weeks uh, to unemployment. So like, that's where the federal government really has kind of stepped in. Um, there's just lots and lots of different things to look at this on a state-by-state -state level. Uh, because the amount of money you get is different on a state-by-state -state level.
how long you can be on unemployment is a very different on a state by state level. Uh, but it was really supposed to just be a temporary stopgap for when you lost a job and you're most like, just like us. I mean, we're living paycheck to paycheck. Um, yeah. So I think that was really just a, that's what it was intended for. Uh, and we're kind of maxing out its use to help get through this crisis. Well, I remember, so my sister has this friend in Wisconsin that basically she goes on unemployment every other week. What? Basically, it's like her job pays her for a week, lays her off on a Friday, goes on unemployment for a week, rehires her the next week. Basically, that's their way of, that's their way of like trying to keep people. See, th those are the kind of things that frustrate a lot of people, and honestly, including me. Like, that is not what it is intended to do. Like, it is not intended for people that have side jobs and make plenty of money that just decide not to declare their income. Yeah. Like, that, like that is not the purpose of it. Now, one other thing to think about, too, is, like, how unemployment has changed really during our lifetimes. So, like, during the Great Recession, uh, they maxed out unemployment, so you could be on un unemployment for 73 weeks. Uh, and that was one of the things that went through to kind of help the government not shut down uh, during Obama's presidency, during his first term. Uh, and so there's just lots of things that have happened in the last 20 years that have really kind of changed how people view unemployment. Uh, and it, just like everything, a lot of people think you understand it in the first sentence or two, but really do a little bit of digging and you'll see how different it really, really is. And for one thing, North Carolina really does stand out uh, as one state that gives you the lowest unemployment benefits. Uh, kind of of any state in the nation. Yeah, I mean, it's. Just, I think this whole process, we're going to, you know, it's going to be one of those things that we talk about in the future, you know, in 10 to 15 years is how long does it take our economy to come back from this and how many businesses are going to shut down because there's a very real possibility. I mean, you saw, so I was watching this morning on WRAL that, um, like, uh, what's that place, Steak and Shake or what's the? Oh, the ones that got the federal grant? Yeah, I mean, there's... The there's ones that are closing that got the loan that they just like, we can't, we can't operate anymore. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot, a lot more businesses in the next month or so are going to close down because even if we're opening up, people are just, maybe some people are just not going to want to go or they're doing online shopping. I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, I talked last week about how at my, my second job that I got, uh, more people are buying things online and like ordering and picking them up in the store. Like that's going to become a very popular thing. So like, the amount of employees that you need to have, or just like stores in general. Like I always thought Sears was going to close down eventually. Like, it, and you know, is this going to be the final push for Sears? Right. And like stores or, like Sears and JC Penney's. Can they pivot? Like stores that can pivot quicker and pivot towards like more online retail can flourish. Like Amazon used to be just a place that you would buy books. I remember those. I remember that. I bought Harry Potter. That was go. that was like See? Harry Potter coming in when it came out. I that's what Amazon was to me, where you buy books. That's so I was actually, was. I like sent you that question. Is that like so? Our business is now going to now look at this and be like, how do I deem myself as essential? So what do I need to sell to be deemed essential? Ooh, so you this brings me up to my my next random thing that people aren't paying attention to that really really matters. So we've talked about how supply and demand really matters. And like that is what drives the entire economy. Well, think about all these COVID tests that people are doing with all the different different ways that you're going to get a COVID test. The thing that you need for all of them is a swab, just like the the cotton swab that you should not put in your ear that people do. Okay. 
Wait, you should not put that in your ear. Should not put that in your ear, by the way. That is that's bad news bears. And that what do I need to put thing, in my ear? Huh, nothing. You should put nothing in your ear. You should trust your earwax to fall out on its own. And I am I am majorly hypocritical where it comes to this. This is where I've gotten better during the COVID break. You're, I mean, I literally just say that because I just cleaned my ears this morning. No, so I used to do that every day. Not to get too weird and personal, but like I used to do that every day. And my, I was, they were like, no, the doctor was like, you should not be doing that. And it was one of those things where Dana has been telling me for years to stop doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But I, we finally had the conversation with the doctor and he's like, no, you're like packing earwax back in your ear. So ever since the quarantine, I've done a, like a really good job of letting it just follow on its own. Anyway, the point is, is those are cotton swabs. Yeah. You can't use a cotton swab in the COVID test. Because the cotton itself like messes with the material that needs to get tested. So they have to get a, like a synthetic blend. Those are only made in Italy and Maine. Wait, Maine? Maine. Like Those two yes. And the Italy one got completely shut down earlier because they had a huge crisis. And then so, so, the Maine, so it was just Maine for a long time. And so now you finally, we've realized that we need tons and millions and millions of testing. You're finally starting the, the supply chain for the other parts of this is starting to meet it. And what's coming for, what are we short on? Swaps. So and, Italy, and like Johnson and Johnson and these other companies have not stepped up. And well, that, that becomes the thing is it's not as like sexy to not, to use the word as making ventilators like Ford did. You know, that's yeah. something you put on a big or thing. Or making like, the we're N95 masks. Like we're making admin. ventilators. Yeah, we're, yeah. you know, Nike, and we're going to make N95 masks. No, it's the swabs that are really, really getting to be needed. Um, and so that's people great. have asked the Trump administration to use the Defense Production Act to go in and, you know, we need people to go make swabs. Let's have Johnson & Johnson and other people go through and make these swabs, and he's yet to do it yet. Uh, and that's going to be a huge piece of it because if you look for what is the big thing that everybody needs to reopen, what does Major League Baseball need to reopen? It needs five million test kits. What yeah. does the SEC need to be able to play a conference schedule? They did this many test kits. Like that's what everybody needs. Um, in order to do that, you need these that one little swab, and that's going to hold everything up. Now maybe they figure this out, and it's something that can be fixed quickly. But we are not there yet. So. I think it's super – speaking of, like, major league stuff, did you see that – how – so California has shut yes. down California State Colleges. Yes. Which you got a little confused when we were texting back and forth because in North Carolina and then a lot of other states, if you have the state's name in it, in somewhere, a lot of times you're considered a state. Right. So like, UNC does, you know, uh, Greensboro – uh charlotte when unc is different too not to go on a tangent but like all of them are connected as a part of the unc system yeah so like even east carolina is a part of the unc system well that is so that that's like uh umass so there's umass Amherst, umass boston umass uh lowell but there's also bridgewater state (coughs) and then framingham and pittsburgh state all umass right um so California shut down all state colleges, but that yeah. did not include which big one that I got confused on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So you talk about like so Cal State Fertile thing got shut down. It's getting shut down in the fall. And so the big thing here is Arizona, then major league sports can start operating next month. Right. This month. Yeah, no, they want to be one of the hubs. They want to have all the NBA stuff run through them or have a baseball thing run through them. They want it. And so you know, for those that understand geography, 
<laughs> California, Arizona, right next to each other. Right next to each other. So it's interesting how we're talking about state by state. And the one thing that I want to talk to you about with the Cal State is throughout this entire process, we've talked about how this whole thing has been like a domino effect. Sure. And how, you know, Ohio was that first state, your hometown, George, uh, your home state, that like shut down restaurants and shut down food. And we're really out ahead of this. And then like all these other states follow Will other states now see that, all right, the first state has finally done We won't be the only state. Will other states now shut down schools? Right. Or which state will they follow? Will they follow California, who's starting to shut down schools? Will they follow Colorado State University, which said we're going to be fully online in the fall, which should mess up Colorado State football, which is a Division One Group of Five program? Yeah. Or, and this is what I got confused on, I thought you just said South Carolina, or California schools, not California state schools, which is where USC had also just sent a thing right after that in response to say like USC, which is a private school, kind of like the University of Miami is a private school in Florida. They yeah. fully intend to still play Alabama in week one. So yeah. it's it, there is there is a great chance that this is one of these things where it is a very patch quilt looking situation of certain schools play this year and certain schools don't. Uh, well, they talk about can be the very kind of mismatched. They talk about the Pac-12 playing as a whole, not playing in the fall at all. Because right. if California, like, I mean, because some of the it's states... Pac-12 almost. It's, it's basically, a third of it. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's going to be gone. Yeah. And so if you can't... Now what's going to happen with scheduling-wise? I mean, because these stuff, this stuff's already been scheduled. And a lot of times this stuff has already been booked if they're traveling on planes. Like, all this stuff is booked probably in the spring. It's not booked mm -hmm. in the fall. I don't know the inner workings of a college athletic office, but I'm assuming that, like, at least for us, you know, all of our stuff was booked. The hotels were booked in the spring. Sure. Well, you gotta, our, like, our not to get too much in the college football weeds, even though I would love to do that. I mean, like, the, the exam's over, so we can talk about whatever. Notre Dame and Navy, which Luke just came on earlier and talked about, they're playing in week zero in Ireland. That's not happening. Like, there are so many things that could happen with that game. Like, if Ireland says no, what does travel look like? Like, can you allow these things? And here's another one for you. If you want to talk about baseball, actually playing in home stadiums, how do you go play the Blue Jays when Cal when Canada says you need a 14-day quarantine in order to come into Canada? You don't. So, I mean, I, th I think there is a large desire to get sports going on a national scale and on a personal scale, judged by how much I watch Korean baseball in the morning. Hey, by man, the way, I, I really wish... Up. There's they betting pivot now. games. I know. There's betting. There's betting. Uh, I wish that Carl Radich could pivot games because right now, this morning, all of the games were close. You get a one, like a one-run game in every other game except the one that they're broadcasting, and it's like a twelve-run game. I'm like, pivot. can't, like, can't we just pivot? Like, can't, like it, just, just switch the feed. It's, I mean, Carl Radich is in his home anyway. Who cares? So, as soon as I um fix some things with uh, people talking bad about Fauci. I'll call ESPN and see if they want my advice there as well. Um, I mean, someone's got to take it. Someone's yeah. Not a whole lot of advice. Was, uh, you you got a lot of advice, but not a whole lot of people were taking it there. I uh, know. There, you know what? That I felt that all day today, and we'll leave that there. Uh, yeah. But Boy, some things really frustrating. So, uh, I think that's good for today. Do you have anything else you want to kind of talk about? But I think that's a, that's a solid podcast. We had a few little dogs there for a little bit, but I think we really kind of rallied. I mean, it, it's less, let's not. Together, a great podcast. It's 
it's probably going to be the worst bounty podcast. I got only, three really, in honestly, racetracks around my really heart. only like a ten minute block was really rough. Other than that, we <laughs> we patched it together well. Right. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if you're ever going to do a podcast, don't do a podcast with three dogs just running around your house. And if you're ever going to be a teacher, don't teach like Sanders. That's right. And please don't teach like Hager Moser or Mr. Sullivan over there. Really, you should just try to be more like Luke. That's really what it comes down to. There we go. All right. See you guys.